0: Come on, what's up, guys? Good morning, good morning, good morning. How you doing today? Everybody good this morning? Come on, give it up for Jesus this morning. Let's give him one more. Well, we love you so much. I've never seen uh Chris in a spacesuit like that. Y'all need to pray for him. He uh he's been a little bit sick. So uh if you want to hit him up on Instagram and just say that was too much, Chris, that was just too much uh for church news. But uh we do have Easter uh next week, it's gonna be amazing. Uh, time just really believing for God to, to reach people and change people's stories. And so I'd encourage you, you got a little egg in your seat. There's a little QR code, man, egg somebody, invite somebody. Bob, I'm gonna throw this to you. I don't know if you're gonna catch it, but egg somebody with it. it was a, Hey, it was a bad throw, that was on me. And uh, just, I really believe, and we've been praying for, our staff's been praying for people to really have life change and meet Christ next week. Obviously, uh, we believe that for every week, but there's something about an Easter invite, a Christmas invite that people will respond to that might come to church that wouldn't usually come. And so I've heard a lot of stories of people who are bringing friends and family. So I want to encourage you, uh, bring some people out. There's going to be some gifts for the kids and some fun Easter stuff for them. There's going to be some stuff for you. There's going to be some great uh, surprises, some creative stuff. So we'd love to see you at one of those services. If you, if you can, go to the 830 service. Come on, somebody. That'd be Awesome. Yes, and then and then and then if you are uh, on one of our serve teams, you might want to serve multiple services next week. Uh, maybe eight thir- eight, maybe the uh, uh, ten and eleven thirty. Go to eight thirty, make room for people. So we're believing for a lot of people to give their life to Christ. Uh, next week, uh, we have tonight a special night. Every month at the end of the month, we do an encounter night last Sunday of the month. And so, some people always say we just want more worship. We just want to worship God longer. And and on Sunday mornings, we have multiple services, so we can't really just go for an hour and a half of worship. But tonight, uh, we have extended worship. We worship for about an hour together. There's a little bit of prayer and and praise mixed in. And so. If you just uh, have that heart of worship and you want to come tonight, man, come check it out. And then if you're online checking us out, that'll be uh, online as well. It will be broadcast, I believe. But, but if not, come on and, and come back tonight. Maybe, maybe you haven't been back to church yet. Maybe you're saying, okay, I'm, I don't know if I'm ready. Tonight would be a great night. Everything's clean. We're socially distanced. There's a smaller crowd. And so tonight might be a great night for you to jump in and maybe head back to church. Someone said it several months ago. Uh, church is cleaner than Walmart. Come on, somebody. All right, we're going to jump into the Word. Uh, We've been in a series called Flip the Script, and just looking at lies that we've believed sometimes and that, that a lie that we believe has just as much power as a truth in our life. And so... Um, it's really been helping me. Someone said this to me the other day, like, man, you are preaching right to me. Can I tell you that uh, every message that I preach, I've preached to myself first. And so so I, I, this, these messages are to me, and uh, I believe that uh, God does things in my heart and life, and I, I, I get to just kind of overflow and share that. And so some of the things we've believed, we've, we've looked at, we've looked at uh, just thinking that our, our our time was over, that it was too late for me, or I missed my moment. Uh, looked at the thought last week that I don't have enough. Like Jesus multiplied a few fish, and loaves, and sometimes we can easily get fear. I love what Pastor Justin said this morning, like fear has fear itself. That's a good word right there. Fear has fear. Like fear fears Jesus. It fears the name of Jesus. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. Christ has perfect love for us. And so we we don't have to fear not having enough. And the lie I want to go after this week, we've been looking at miracles in the book of John and I'm going to share a story out of John nine, and then um, and then just pray for you. But but the thought and the the lie I think that we buy into sometimes is I will never change, or they will never change, or or things will never change. Things can never change, and it's easy when we get into habits or patterns or have gone through things in our life and we begin to think things can never change and so I want to really read this story and look at something that changed drastically and why it changed as we as we jump into the word be with me in verse 1 chapter 9 this is in the message version John 9 verse 1 all the way down through 7 or 8 we're going to go it says this walking down the street Jesus saw a man blind from birth come on this guy was born blind All his life, we don't know how many years it was, but all his life he'd been blind. His disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned? that This man or his parents causing him to be born blind? What a question. Come on, you know, I could get into all kinds of scenarios how we ask that same question so often. And religious stuff and religion just gets so self-righteous. And there was a teaching of the day that that the rabbis had and that the Pharisees had, that if a child was born with a, with a, a, a disability that someone had to have sinned. Like, like who sinned? Who, who, why is this kid the way he is? Was it his parents? I mean, come on. If, if sin caused babies to be born blind, we'd all be blind in here. <laughs> Nobody would see. Who's who sin causing him to be born blind? Jesus said, you're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. There's no such cause and effect here. Look instead for what God can do. We need to be energetically at work for the one who sent me here, working while the sun shines. When night falls, the work day is over. For as long as I am in the world, there's plenty of light. I am the world's light. He said this and then spit on the dust and made clay paste with the saliva and rubbed the paste in the blind man's eyes and said, go wash at the pool of Siloam, which Siloam means scent. The man went and washed and saw. The man went and washed and saw. Soon the town was buzzing. His relatives and those who year after year had seen his, his, this blind man begging were saying, why isn't this the man we knew who sat here and begged? And others said, it's, it's, it's him all right. But others objected. It is not the same man at all. It just looks like him. He said, it's me, everybody. I'm the very one. The title for today is The Blame Game. The Blame Game. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, We pray that um, just show us who you are today. Again, change us. Let us uh, not buy into lies, but let us buy into truth, Lord. I know the truth can change us in a supernatural way today. The word of God never changes, but it actually changes us. Lord, change us from the inside out today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Amen. The blame game. The blame game. I think we played a lot of times. I, as a parent, am a lot of times looking at Who's at fault? Who's to blame? Come on. Uh, the other day, my son, 17-year-old, um, was in the garage working. He, he likes to do woodworking and things in the garage sometimes, and he was kind of getting his energy out there, building a, a handle for this sword that he has or whatever, and, and, uh, and he's, he's, he's out there working for days, and we love it because he's, tr- he's out there you know, not in trouble. He's out there taking care of his, his, uh, his creativity, and um, he's, he comes in, and, he, and I, I'm in my office, and I hear him go, oh, I need a little help. And, and I get that, you know, that feeling in your gut, just that, that feeling, I'm like, oh, it's not good because his voice, I just could hear it in my son's voice. And I'm like, oh, I started to panic a little bit. I'm like, he's like, mom, mom, mom. He's like, and I'm, I, okay, okay. And I come out, he's like, what's going on? Is everything okay? And I look down and he's got this giant gash across his thigh, like just, I mean, it's a, it's a good, at an angle, he was whittling, you know, this, this away and he had it right over his leg and he just kind of, this sharp knife just went right into his thigh, Deep down, it's it's probably a good quarter inch uh, in depth. And then then probably about uh, an inch and a half to two inches long uh, all the way down into, into the meat of his leg. I'm like, oh, whoa, man. And uh, we're getting some cloth on it. My wife, she's the one that doesn't panic as much as I do, you know. So she's getting some sitting, putting some pressure on it. I got pressure on it, and I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, well let's call Scott. Scott is a, uh, my wife's brother. He's a, a PA uh, doctor. We take pictures of it. I'm like, man, we're gonna have to go get stitches. I don't know what we're gonna do. We send the picture to Scott. Scott's like, oh man, well, you can go to the emergency room, or 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 if you want to save the cash, you can super glue it. I'm like, oh, okay, we're gonna super glue this bad boy. And I'm like, I don't know, is it, is it too deep to super glue? And I'm kind of questioning it. Here's what I didn't do. I didn't walk out there and be like, whose fault is this? Boy, what, 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 I can't, what are you doing out there? How, who, who's to blame for this? Like, no, 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 no. When there's blood on the scene, when there's, when there's an emergency on the scene, when there's a moment on the scene where some, some, some things need to happen, I'm trying to figure out not whose fault it is, I'm trying to get faith for what to do. I'm calling the doctor. He's telling me to super glue it. I'm trying to get my faith up to super glue it. You know, I can do it. You know, we get the glue out. I go, I run, I run to CBS. we couldn't find super glue. I run to CVS, I'm getting super glue. We put the super glue on his leg. And it's the the first, and the first time the super glue hits it, there's some choice words that come out. I'm like, mom, leave the room. He's saying, my son's like, mom, leave the room. I mean, that thing's stinging his leg. I wasn't trying to figure out who was to blame. The disciples in this story, the first thing they ask is who is to blame. Like like when, when there's blood on the scene, it's not who's to blame, it's whom to believe. And we're always, I think the world is asking right now who to blame. Whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? And we just need to get a hold of the doctor and be like, no, we need some glue. I need to believe that this glue is going to work. I know it's going to sting a little bit. It's not going to be easy to heal this up. But you know what? We're going to believe Jesus that he actually can bring the answer. That I need help as fast as possible. I don't need blame. The disciples asked the stupid question, who's to blame for the blindness? I told you the religious group thought that, someone would sin and someone, when someone then had uh, some ailment in their life. So often we believe like there's some kind of sin that causes all these issues in our life and, and, and some could be caused by that. But the reality is as God's people, as Jesus disciples, we're not supposed to look for blame. We're to look to who to believe. We're not trying to figure out whose fault it is. I mean, the the question of whose fault it is all the time, and here's the thing, the the script can never flip in your life of things will never change if you're always looking for fault. If you're always wanting to find blame, if you're always wanting to find fault, you can't dispel the lies of things will never change. That's, That's our own human effort trying to figure out how we got to where we are. How did I end up in this situation? We're, we're trying to reason our way into, into how, whose fault is this? Who's to blame? The blame game will never change anything. And my dad, if he had been there, it wouldn't have been like this. If my mom hadn't have done this, it wouldn't be like this. If my parents wouldn't have divorced, it wouldn't be this way. If my wife wouldn't have, if my, if my husband didn't, like, whose fault is it? How, how did I end up here? And we ask that question, we blame ourselves, We blame others. We blame God. Jesus rebuked his own disciples. He said, no one sinned. He said, you don't know what you're talking about. That's not how it works. Here's here's what Jesus says in three through five. Jesus said, you're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. There's no such cause and effect here. Listen to this. Look instead for what God can do. Number one, if you want to flip the script on things will never change, don't look for fault. Live by faith. If you want to really flip the script, I'm just giving you some help, some practical help. Like if you want to flip the script, oh man, it's, it's because there's always going to be someone. I mean, somebody cut my kid's leg, right? I mean, there's something that happened, but, but the reality is like, if you really want to flip the script, don't look for fault, live by faith. Like God, what can you do? God, what are you going to do? God, I believe in there's something that you can heal. There's something that you can cure. I and mean, God, God knows why we're the way we are. God knows why the things are the, th- the things they are. That's why we have to worship him. If you want to tell me, look, I don't even know why I'm the way I am. I can't even explain my crazy. Come on, somebody. I was, I was listening to, uh, uh, so, you know, Caleb the, the or something the other day, and they're like, this lady was like, she's talking and, and talking about, you know, what would I ask Jesus? What, if I saw Jesus, what would I ask Jesus? Well, the one question I'd ask Jesus would be, and I started thinking that of myself. Like, I started trying to figure out, like, what would, if I had one question, if I had one question, like if I was going to ask him one question, you know, I mean, there's, why is the world broke? Why? What, what's the problem with every, the, the, you know, global warming? You know, what's the one question? Is it real? <laughs> you know, I don't, and, and, and so, you know what? I, I sat for about 15 minutes in my car trying to figure out the one question I asked him. I, you know what I landed on? Lord, why am I so jacked up? That's the one, you know, that's the one question. I, it's like, Lord, get it to the root of my heart. Get to the root of my life. I believe that you can heal some things. He's the right one to go to to ask why we are the way we are, right? Not beginning to blame each other. And Jesus rebukes the fault finders. Listen to me, you're always going to have fault finders. Satan is the spirit of accusation and he hovers over every one of our heads and accuses us accuses God, accuses each other. And and it's it's scary to try to flip the script when there's accusations about our circumstances all the time. And and, and the reality is he will accuse you. He accused the blind men right there, his own disciples. Whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? When you're hearing that voice, it's my fault, or I brought this on myself, or it's their fault, or it's mom's fault, or it's dad's fault, it's my kid's fault. You can never change things. Things will never change. And here's what I love about the story. The guy, the blind guy, he didn't open his mouth once. He didn't have to defend himself. He didn't have to handle the accusers. He didn't have to go after him. He allowed Jesus to speak and get involved. This is what I want to encourage you. Whatever's coming at you, whatever lies coming your way, whatever accusation the enemy's bringing, let Jesus handle it. You, you don't need, you, I mean, we have all these avenues to voice all these opinions and all these things, and just let Jesus handle it. God keeps good records. God can handle the accusations. God can handle the things that are coming your way. Let God handle it. Leave room for God. You don't need to to handle all the accusations. Come on, there's gonna be people coming at you, blaming you, blaming people, blaming everybody. Everybody's not gonna understand when you try to believe God and live by faith, they're gonna accuse you. My teacher, or my kid's teachers, heard about my son super gluing his leg the next day in school. They're like, you did what? And your daddy did what? What? I'm like, don't let her get in my business. I superglued that thing. I talked to the the doctor. (laughs) People aren't gonna understand when you make a decision to live by something God tells you, something the great physician tells you, something Jesus says do, something Jesus says he can heal in a certain way. It's not always gonna make sense to everybody and they're gonna accuse you, but you've gotta, you know what? I I believe in God. I'm gonna actually live by faith. I'm not gonna try to find fault. Jesus said, no one sinned. Listen to this. But it's for the glory of God. Of God, why am I in this situation? No one sinned, but it's for the glory of God. Number two, give God glory in the imperfect pieces of your story. Give God glory in the pieces that don't make sense. Who sinned? Jesus says, Nobody. This is so I can be glorified. Why is it like this? Nobody, this is so Jesus can be glorified. Jesus is more glorified in your imperfections than your perfections. He's more glorified, in when we're broken and when things are messed up, not trying to find fault, but how do we find faith for what God wants to do? Jesus is literally saying, I planned this brokenness. How did it get in this situation? I planned this brokenness for my glory. Why am I in this situation? Did someone sin? No, 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 no. It's so that I can get glory. Why is my life the way it is? So God can get glory. Why am I single? So God can get glory. Why am I divorced? So God can get glory. Why have I been through this bitterness? So God can get glory. Why is my marriage the way it is? So God can get glory. Why is my job the way it is? So God can get glory. Quit trying to find fault and begin to go, okay, God, I need to flip the script on some things and believe that actually you're gonna get glory. I'm not saying that that there weren't situations and circumstances that led to the moment, but if we're gonna flip the script on the lie that things can never change, we gotta say, okay, God, how are you gonna get glory? How did you set this up? How can I see you in a different way? Whenever whenever we try to find fault, is this helping anybody today? Whenever we we try to find fault, here's what we're really saying, that something's wrong in the situation. And when we see it as wrong in the situation, and and we, we have to cope with the disappointment, we have to find a scapegoat to cope with the disappointment. We have to find someone to blame. And here's what Jesus is saying. He goes, I already am the scapegoat. And the whole world's trying to find someone to blame and Jesus is just saying, I already took the blame. Yes. I, I already am the scapegoat. Yes. He, he, here's the thing. He's the only one that can take the blame and bless you at the same time. Everybody else, if they take the blame, they ain't blessing you, you know what I'm saying? But, but they might bless you out. I—but I, but I, I mean the, Or they might do the southern blessing. Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> Bless their heart. You know, that's not that's not a blessing. Right. Jesus says, I'm going to use this blindness for my glory. I'm going to use this brokenness for my glory. I'm going to use this emptiness for my glory. I'm going to use this pain. I'm going to use this addiction for my glory. I'm going to use this depression for my glory. I'm going to use this doubt for my glory. I'm going to use this betrayal for my glory. I'm going to use this hurt for my glory. I'm going to use this debt for my glory. We have to flip the script. Listen, all of life, here's what we do. Pretend this is a uh, megaphone. All of life wants to send us a message and send us lies. And what can happen is when we turn around the megaphone like this, all of a sudden it just begins to beat us down and yell at us and shout at us and say, who's fault and who's to blame? And, and this is if that had to happen or this had to happen. And it just begins to just squash us under the pressure of the lies and the voices. But if we take time to turn around the megaphone and begin to say, you know what, I'm going to use this for the glory of God. I'm gonna believe that some super glue can put me back together again. I'm gonna believe that Jesus is still in the business of healing. He's not blaming me, he's blessing me. It's harder to be a blessing than it is to blame, but I'm gonna bless when everybody else is blaming. Now all of a sudden I begin to push back the powers of the lies and the accuser and I use a megaphone to push those things away from me by the word of God and the power of God. It's just called flipping the script. It's not easy because it's always easier to blame than it is to bless. And, and and I think fault stagnates us, but faith motivates us. And I, I'm just I'm just interested in having bullhorn faith in this hour, and putting that thing up to my mouth and beginning to tell uh, anything that's coming at me. It's for the glory of God. Can you tell three people real quick? It's for His glory. Just tell three people. Come on, we're a talkback church. It's for His glory. If you're online, write in the chat. It's for His glory. It's for His glory. Why is it the way it is? It's for His glory. Number three, verse five says this. We need to energetically be at work for the one who sent me here, working while the sun shines. When night falls, the workday is over. For as long as I'm in the world, there's plenty of light. I am the world's light. Number three, realize there's a curfew on your calling. There's a curfew on your calling. Like Jesus says, when they're going back, whose fault, whose fault, who's to blame, whose fault? Jesus says, no, 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 It's, it's work time. Like, like it's, it's time to get to work. While it's day, I'm the light. No one can work when it's dark. We need to spend less time blaming and more time blessing. People need hope, need help, need glue. <laughs> People need a cure. My kids have curfews on different things, and, and there are curfews on the time they have to put their TV up, the time they have to put their Xbox up, or the time they have to, have to go to bed. Whenever they, they, we begin to instill the curfew, what do they begin to do? They begin to argue. And and probably it'll be about an hour before the curfew. And we're like, hey, don't forget in an hour, you got to put it up. Well, you know, I don't know, this is stupid. I'm a teenager and I'm 17. I should stay up till 2.30 in the morning because I can get up for school. No, you don't. (laughs) 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 They begin to argue. And you know what? They argue away a half hour of the time they have left I'm like can I tell I was like if you would shut up and quit arguing you would have had a full hour now you've just lost 30 minutes of the time you had when we're spending all of our time finding fault we're wasting faith we're wasting the time to to activate and help and serve people need help we don't have forever to reach people if all times in the planet is now we know it's now we don't have every single day. Have you, I mean, there's a curfew on it. You ever gone to grab the milk because you want some cereal at about midnight and you and it's just expired. It's nothing worse than expired milk. Who's gone? Who's used it? Who's gone? Who's used it? Spoiled. Come on, right there. <laughs> you know, you, you know the whip test, but it's just. I mean, it's a little bit pungent. You know, what I mean, you got a couple days left on the level of of pungentness. You know what I'm saying? But if it's if it's way gone, you're going to Kroger, you're getting some there's nothing worse than expired milk when you're hungry for cereal. There's nothing worse. An expiration on a calling that you go to reach for it and it's expired, it's too late. It's like, man, I can't. There's an expiration right now. Jesus says, when it's light right now, when the light, when it's day, it's time to work. Right now, we're in the dispensation of day. Right now, we're in the dispensation of grace. Right now, people are being offered hope and life and blessing and healing. Now's the time for us to reach our city and reach the nation and reach the world and get out of bed because there's rain. Come on, somebody, I love you online. There's an expiration on our calling. It it won't always be like this. It won't always be, you know, just time to work. Jesus said, when when it's day, it's time. But when it's not, when it's dark, nobody works. There's coming a day when, when it's gonna close up the ages. And right now we get to work for his glory in the middle of all of our story. I wanna encourage you, if you wanna flip the script, if you wanna flip the script on the lies that things will never change, you need to understand. I need to understand there is a curfew on my calling. I don't know what God's calling you to. I don't know what you're delaying in. I don't know what you're waiting on. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what that specific step is for you. But God's saying, now's the time. Verse six through seven. He said this, and then he spit in the dust, made clay paste with the saliva, rubbed the paste on the blind man's eyes, and said, go, wash in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means sent. Then the man went and washed and saw. Number four, faith requires you to go blind. Faith requires you to go blind. Jesus spits on the ground makes a mud pie, sticks it on the guy's eyes. Can you, can you imagine? The guy can't see. He's, it, it's worse off now than it was when he showed up for healing. I mean, he puts this mud cake on his eyes. He does this creation miracle. Many theologians believe he went into the dust of the ground, what he created mankind from, and took from the dust. He can create from nothing something you need and put it on the man's eyes. The man can't see any any better now it's actually worse jesus says now that you're even worse i need you to go like god i can't see like i need you to go go to the pool and wash like god i don't i can't i can't it's bad now have you ever met jesus or gotten closer to jesus and all hell broke out like god i started serving you i started going to church i started reading my bible a little bit and i lost the job like what like, God, I started reaching out to you and really getting dedicated to you, really deciding to live holy and I lost my friends. I don't get it, God. God, I really started trying to press into you and, and this happened in my life, I don't get it. And sometimes it seems like things get, get darker before they get brighter because Jesus requires us to go blind sometimes. There are seasons where we walk before we're well. That's been some of the theme of, of the miracles of John. There are seasons you're gonna have to walk before you're fully well. Seasons you're gonna have to take obedient steps before you can fully see. I remember before I met my wife, I was dating a girl in Indianapolis, and the Holy Spirit and my pastor and some different leaders said, You know what you got to do. You need to go break up with that girl. I had to break up with her, broke up with her on Christmas Eve in front of her whole family. If I'm going to live by faith, I'm going to live by faith, somebody. I'm going to walk in obedience. <laughs> Not in front of her whole family. I did it downstairs in the basement, but they knew by the evening. <laughs> you know, it was bad. But I'm going to obey God, and I'm going to do it because I know me. I know I'll justify it. I know I'll find reasons to get loopholes. I'll know I'll rationalize. I'll know I'll get out of it. So when i got the chance, I'm going to strike while the iron is hot. I'm going to hear Jesus and do it. You know, if I had never made that decision to take that step, even though I didn't understand it, even though I was blind in the scenario, I would have never met my wife. I would have never been married for 20 years to the woman of my dreams that I love if I never had taken that step. Many of you are scared to take the step blind, but God's got something so much bigger and so destiny on the other side of that decision. Man, you got to take a step. Walk by faith. Come on, walk when it's dark. Before you understand it, walk it out. Some part of faith has blindness in it. We live by faith, not by sight. I'm walking through this marriage in the dark. I'm walking through this job in the dark. I'm raising my kids in the dark. I'm going blind. I'm going without recognition. I'm going when no one notices. I'm going while they doubt me. I'm going anyway. I'm going when I feel sick. I'm going to walk when I feel depressed. I'm going anyway. God, I can't see clearly. I know you can't. God, I'm still blind. You told me to go. Doesn't make any sense. I know you're in my process. I'm working on you and I'm believing for you. Don't don't quit. Don't stop. I talked about bullhorn faith. Let me talk to you about pinata faith. Come on, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about? That's this story, right? I mean, totally. person that has the, the person that's holding the string, I mean, they're, they're pulling that thing up and down, you know, you, you, you string, you know, and you finally get a little sense of where it is, and you know, I don't know if God's doing that with the pinata, I'm not going to say that, but the reality, that's life sometimes, you know what I mean? you just trying to find a little string, trying to find something to get a hold of, and you just keep on walking, and keep on believing, I promise you, come on, there's some candy inside of that strike somewhere, there's, there's something for you, and, and sometimes you just got to keep swinging. I know it doesn't make sense. I know you can't see the answer. I know you can't see the end, but I promise you, keep on going. There's certainness if you'll just keep walking and keep going. Jesus says this. I'm gonna close up and pray for you. I hope this is helping you today. It's helping me. I'm having fun. Jesus says, go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. And the man went and washed and came back seeing. Let me say this. If you're gonna flip the script on things will never change, you need to be sent before you ever see. Not not just that you need to go blind, that you don't understand all the scenarios. You need to be sent. The pool was translated sent. There was a closer pool. The pool of Bethesda was closer. He sent him to a further pool. It was the king's pool. He was sent into the king's message, into the king's uh, washing. He was sent before he ever saw God is calling you to be sent to people, to be sent to a cause, to be sent to a team, to be sent to a person. If you would be, if you're going to be sent, it's actually going to allow you to come back seeing. You go and you wash. If you really want to see clearly in your life, if I want to see clearly, I've got to be sent to something outside of myself. I've got to be sent to something bigger than, than what I am or who I am. And, Many of you feel like, you know what, God, I'm blind. How can, you, how can I be a blessing? You're gonna send me to get on a team or you see leadership in me or you see you want me to lead a connect group, God, or you want me to step out and greet new guests coming into a church. or You want me to invite people or you want me to tell my neighbor about, about Christ? God, I'm still blind. God goes, I know you are. But as you go blind... And as you go to the pool called sent, you actually come back seen. There's actually a better perspective that you begin to gain on the lies the enemy's telling us and you see God from a different way and begin to give him glory when you're actually sent into someone else's world. This guy went, he couldn't see. Jesus, I I love Jesus, man. He, he He didn't just fix this guy up. Look what the verse says. It says, soon the town was buzzing his relatives and those who year after year had seen the blind man begging were saying why isn't this the man we knew and he sat and begged others said oh, it's him all right but others said i'm not sure it's not him at all it just looks like him number five G, trust jesus to transform you not just reform you many, many of you want jesus to reform habits and to reform behavior and that doesn't work I, I wrote this down reformed you relapses into the old you Reformed you relapses into who you were. Transformed you realizes who he is. Transformed you begins from the inside and things begin to change and you begin to want to live different and God gets on, it's not rules and regulations. It's not reformed you. Jesus didn't reform the blind guy. He didn't give him a longer stick. He didn't didn't teach him Braille. I'm not saying those things are bad. He didn't give him a louder bell to beg with. He didn't help him. He, He didn't do that. He didn't just reform him. He transformed him. He said, give him sight. Not his sight. Sight. He never had sight. There's certain ones of you that have never had sight in certain areas. And God's saying, give them sight. Let them see again. He wants to transform some things in your life. Not just reform you. Not clean you up. We've, we've treated God as a reformation project. Like reform. The word reform school scares me. Come on, anybody been to reform school? It just sounds scary. Sit up. Stop. Don't. Stop. Sit up. Chew with your mouth closed. Up straight, shoulders back. Stop. Ah. We've treated God like reform school. Nothing on the inside of transformation. And, and I think people get scared of that God and run from it. My in-laws' other dog, their old dog, had passed away. They had a shot. He had a shot collar. Danny dog had a big shot collar, and he knew he would get zapped. But if he ran fast enough, he would take the initial zap and get free. I would run, like, you know, gone. But he'd never come back because he knew he'd get shocked again coming back home. That's what we've done to people in the church. We've reformed, reformed, clean up, clean up, clean up, clean up, bad, don't, stop, sit up. And people, when they get brave enough and bold enough, and old enough, they say, I'm gonna endure the shock. Ah, I don't wanna be found to, at fault anymore. I don't want anybody to blame him anymore. Ah, I'm just gonna run through and get, leave the church and I'm not coming back because I know they'll find fault with me and blame me. And many of you have been through excruciating circumstances in your life and, and, and people have found fault on you and you've been living in the blame game and you feel like things can never change. Things can never change because you're in the blame game. God's saying, I want you to come out of the blame game Don't say, well, it's my kids, it's my spouse. No, 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 it's Jesus. He says, blame me, blame me. I wanna bless you. I wanna change the story. i want to flip the script for you today. I wanna pray for some of you. Maybe some of you have been in that scenario where you've been trying to figure out whose fault it is and maybe you've blamed yourself. Maybe you've blamed God. Maybe you've blamed others. I know I have in places in my life. And I think God wants to flip the script and go, you know what, it's, not, it's time to quit finding fault and it's time to find faith. It's time to actually get vision that Jesus is still walking down the street and can heal something today. That when he showed up, he wasn't the accuser, he wasn't the fault finder, he wasn't the police, he wasn't the sheriff, he wasn't the reformer, he was the healer. He's like, hey, hey son, you can use super glue on that. <laughs> I, wanna, I wanna believe him. When my kids fight and yell and come and tell me their stories, come on, when they get into it with each other, they come and they want to tell me all their story, right? Anybody have kids that get in front of you, they're like, it was her fault, it was his fault. That's what she did, that's what they did, that's what. I'm like, shh. Come on, I'm just praying that we as God's kids could tell the world, shh. God knows whose fault it is. As dad, I know exactly who did what in every situation. (laughs) My sons are like, you're accusing me. I'm like, I know you. (laughs) And and when I say, hey, calm down, just just drop it. I don't need to hear the story, drop it. And I ask him this, do you trust your dad that I'll do what's right? Do you trust that I'll be just and equitable and blessed? Many times they don't, (laughs) they're like, no. But my question to you is, do you trust him? You're saying it's their fault and them and they and us and me. God, and he's going shh, do you trust me? Can you find faith again? Can you Can you get the bullhorn? Can you flip the script today? He wants to do that for you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for today. Help us to flip the script on the lies that it'll never change. We know you say, the enemy says it to us all the time, the accuser hovers over our heads. He's been hovering over heads even this morning saying, well, it's them, it's the kids, it's the spouse, it's the job, it's the boss, it's the school, it's this, it's, it's them, it's the world, it's, it's the inequity, it's the injustice, it's the... And Jesus, you said you became the scapegoat. You said it's this way for the glory of God. It's this way, this man is this way for the glory of God. God, I pray today that no matter where we find ourselves, we could believe for your glory. We could believe for your perspective. We could believe that you could heal. We could believe that you could make whole. We could believe, Lord, that you're sending us, even though we're still blind in seasons, that there's seasons we've got to go before we're made well. And Lord, today we'll take steps. Maybe it's just by raising a hand. Maybe it's just by saying sorry. Maybe it's just by dropping the fault and finding faith today. God, whatever it might be. I I just pray for all of us. I'm not gonna ask you to put your hand up. I know every one of you has some area in your life that the enemy's found fault or accused or... And God's saying, I want you to find faith again in this area. Father, I pray right now supernaturally for those online and those in this building that we would not find fault. We would find faith in a new way. We would flip the script on the lies that things can never change, that I can never change, that they can never change. God, we believe there's more glory for you in this situation. And that, Lord, today we thank you that we put all the blame on you. Jesus, we say that you are in control And we put the blame on your shoulders and you can bless us. And that we trust you to work out every situation in our life. That anyone in this room that's needing to flip the script, I pray it happens today. I pray that something in their heart, something in their life would come alive that they believe it could happen today. That they would leave today in a whole new light of faith. They would flip the script today and you can change everything. Things can change today. Things do change today. Things will change today, God. I thank you for it supernaturally, God. No one looking around just for another second. Maybe you've never trusted God with your life. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. You say, you know what? I don't know if I can trust him. I've been feeling like I've been found to be guilty or found fault. Well, you know what? We've all been found guilty. Sin has messed all of us up. We're all broken. And the solution to that is Jesus taking the blame on the cross for us. Maybe you're here today and you go, you know what, I can trust God with my life. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Maybe you're online and you've never trusted Jesus fully with your life. In 2 Corinthians 5, it just says, if you would just make Jesus the leader of your life, just trust him with your life, put your faith in him to lead your life as God, that you get a fresh start in God. No one looking around just for another second. If you're here and you'd say, you know what, pastor, I wanna trust Jesus with my life today. Would you put your hand up to me or would you type it in the chat and let me know so I can pray with you? Thank you for your honesty and boldness, young man. Anybody else? I need to trust God. I need a fresh start. Awesome. If you're online, just type it in the chat. Fresh start. We'd love to pray with you. I'm gonna pray a prayer. Come on, church. People in here saying, I want a fresh start with my Savior. I need a fresh start with God. I'm turning my life over to the leader, Jesus Christ. What a moment. I'm going to pray a prayer. There's no magic in the words. It's just a prayer of surrender. Pray it with me in your own words. You can pray it online there with me. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus. Jesus, thank you for taking all the blame. I've been blaming myself. I've been blaming others. I've been Blaming the world, I've been blaming the government, I've been blaming racism, I've been blaming people, I've been blaming, I've been blaming everybody. God, thank you, Jesus, you took the blame. You took the sin of mankind on the cross and gave us the righteousness of God. You gave us right standing today. So Jesus, we look to you today to be God. We surrender to you and what you did on the cross. We put all of our shame and guilt and blame on your shoulders on the cross right now. We believe that you are God and thank you for coming back to life and giving me a brand new heart. I receive your life today by your spirit, not reformation. I receive a transformed life, a transformed heart, a brand new heart today by the power of the spirit. Holy Spirit, fill me up. I'll give you the rest of my life in Jesus mighty name. Come on, let's give God praise this morning. People saying yes in here and online to God. What an awesome, awesome morning.